Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, a podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about crabs. Now, if crab fishing is so dangerous, thinking of like the deadliest catch TV shows that you see, then why aren't there more crab farms where we just farm them like fish. Oh well, some crabs are actually farmed. Notably the mud crabs in South Asia and the hairy crabs in China. But in general, you are right, crabs are quite a pain to farm because they are territorial and will actually kill each other. Actually worse than that, they are cannibalistic. Couldn't you put them in cages? Oh, you could cage the crabs, but then you would need to find a way to let them feed and mate and burrow. Crabs also need vastly different environments as they grow from larvae to fully grown crabs. They're also migratory, so it would be pretty expensive to have a large farm that provides all these different needs. So that's why crab farms do exist for certain types of crabs, but they just don't produce nearly enough to make fishing obsolete. You know, the king crabs and the dungeness crabs and snow crabs in particular are not friendly and really, really hard to farm. Now, you see crabs living both underwater and also those who live out of water in the sand and on the beach. How is it they can breathe in both environments? (laughs) So crabs is actually a huge category with many different species. Aquatic crabs live permanently in water and have gills, basically like fish. They can go out of water, but only for short periods of time. But then again, so can some fish. There are also uh, terrestrial crabs that have lungs and live basically on land. And these guys can swim around and actually hold a bubble of air in front of their face. But again, they can only go under for a short time. Now there's also intertidal crabs who have gills and then also have these little cuticles on their legs that help them breathe on land. They do have to stay moist though and can't live too far away from the water. But they can breathe in air or water fairly well. Now, one of the things that is up for debate from time to time is the way that we cook crabs. Why is it that if I boil a crab, it's totally fine and actually expected, yet if I boil a pet, say a pet dog or cat, I would get arrested. What is the difference? Oh, so, you know, the whole debate here is whether crustaceans experience pain or not. It's actually still up for a lot of scientific debate. But I guess legally, there is this thing in the U.S. called the Animal Welfare Act uh, that excludes a number of animals like birds, rats, and mice bred for research and also animals raised for food or fiber, uh, as well as all cold-blooded animals. So basically, to answer your legal question, animal cruelty laws do not apply to crabs. I see. Don't they say that both lobsters and crabs will continue to move after death. So you could kill them via knife or something before cooking it, but it isn't as, it wouldn't make it necessarily less awful to do that. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, there's also an additional difference between crabs and lobsters specifically we should touch on. Crabs are actually sometimes killed before they're boiled. But lobsters, they release these toxins into their body when they die. And they and other shellfish have actually harmful bacteria naturally present in their flesh. So once a lobster is dead, these bacteria can rapidly multiply and release toxins that may not be destroyed by cooking. So, you know, people actually cook lobsters alive to basically minimize the chance of this food poisoning. Interesting. So the other thing that happens with both crabs and lobsters is that their shells turn a bright orange when heated. 
Why is that? Oh yeah, it is a pretty unique uh, kind of orange. And that's because they have this uh, pigment that's blocked, uh, that is that color in the shell, basically. And when you boil them, uh, it breaks it down, what is blocking the pigment, so you can finally see it. Mm. So the pigment here, it's called astaxanthin, and it's in their shells. Astaxanthin it absorbs blue light, and that's what makes it appear this like red, orange, or yellow in color. But while the crabs are alive, this astaxanthin lies wrapped in the, the tight embrace of a protein called actually a crustaceanin. And uh, the proteins, it holds the pigment so tight, in fact, that it's kind of flattened and it's essentially its light absorption properties are, are changed. And so it's this uh, astaxanthin crustaceanin complex that winds up giving off uh, a blue green color before uh, they're boiled. Now, we talked about the character traits of crabs earlier. There's a phrase people sometimes use, which is crab mentality. What does that mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a funny one. Crab mentality, also known as a uh, crab theory. Uh, it's really simple. So if you picture crabs in like a bucket, right? The crab mentality, or sometimes also known as the crab bucket effect, is a way of thinking best described uh, by the phrase, if I can't have it, neither can you. Mm. And this metaphor is, des is derived from these like uh, anecdotal claims about the behavior of crabs when they are trapped in a bucket. Because while any one crab can actually you know, easily start to climb out, especially if they're already on top, it will often be pulled back in by the others, ensuring the entire group's collective demise. I see. Very interesting. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at eli5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got comments and suggestions for us. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to give us a rating or a re review. It only takes two minutes, and it really helps other people to find this show. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.